Welcome back once more to Talking Point with me, Jamil Wallace, and uh, well, now we feature it's the journey to Hajj. And joining me in studio, Sheikh Ibrahim Abram. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum to you. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran once more. I know you've, you've had a very busy day today. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Well, let's not go there, but it's been a busy one for you, Sheikh. Sheikh, I, I'm going to ask you now the journey to Hajj, as I said earlier on, for me is I think you've I take away with me no. that Hajj, the other four pillars of Islam, has got to be, you know. In other words, if you want to fulfill this journey, there is no a halfway, working halfway yeah. with them. Yeah. It's got to be fulfillment yeah. to make the final one a success, inshallah. I'm going to ask you again, Sheikh, just to give us a, um, just know, you know, um, where we were the last time. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعد رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل أقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا ورزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله وثانكس وبريزد والله تالله وانكريهيت وانسستين أفولفس in Salah and Salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the last and final messenger of Allah to have sent to this earth to guide you and me on earth how to be the best of humanity. Who umi best of unmanstavious, Arab. May Allah grant us to be Salah and Salam upon he, his family, his friends, and all those who follow his path. May Allah grant us to be amongst him. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa barik wa Jamil, in uh, the request of having to look at the way we've been in the Laos program, let me just uh, speak to the, to, the, to the listeners out there by reminding them, um, we started off by having to indicate that this, uh, the, the journey to Hajj is a journey not possible without understanding that Hajj is a pillar amongst the pillars of Ar- the Arkan of Islam. It's, it's amongst them. It's not, it's not the only one. It is not the one, which means it belongs to that. As if one reads a book and there's X amounts of chapters in it, one chapter is one chapter of the book, and you will definitely misunderstand the book if you only read the chapter. So the need to understand that chapter in relationship with the other chapters is an important aspect, and this is what we're saying here, that Hajj is a rukun of the arkan of Islam, that it's not possible in any way, in any way to single out Hajj in as the life of a Muslim. It must be within the holistic process of what Islam is. And this is precisely where we see, and there's many a hadith that indicates to us that when the Nabi spoke about what is Islam, then Hajj is an aspect, uh, an aspect amongst the aspect of Hajj, the aspects of life, right? The important aspects of life, those are the five arkan, Hajj is one of them. Right? May Allah open the path for all of us. The Jamil, um, and, and we then last week in our, our session, we had what we call, we, we dealt with the concept of Hajj itself. We, 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 we remember we dealt with the other Arkan, the concepts of the other. And, and last week we looked at the concept of the Hajj, and which we said is the meeting of Allah on this earth as I will meet Him Yawm Al Qiyamah. A preparation for death. Now we need to understand that as we said We then also indicated to the public That it's an invitation from Allah to humanity Allah invites us 
We see Allah mentions to us in the Quran, Allah makes it compulsory upon mankind, but it's also an invitation of Allah, which means Allah is inviting you to Allah's parlor. Allah is the host. You're going to a land called today's Saudi Arabia, they are not the host of you. They're the people in charge of the political process of the country, but Allah invites you to Allah's parlor. You're going to meet up with Allah, and Allah is the host, and you and I, we are the guest there. Now, it's imperative and extremely important that you realize when you are a host, I mean when you are a guest, that respects must be given to the host. And the objective for your invitation is to be able to answer the call of the host, and then to be able to go out of your way to show the host that it's he that's important to you. If he, if I or anybody else invite you to a place where I ask of you to come along, and I am the guest, and I meet many other people there, and I spend my time with those people, but I'm not interested in you, and then it's an insult to you, isn't it? Or to insult to the guest, I mean to the host, right? Now, if Allah is the host... Would it not be an insult to Allah when you and I make everything and everybody else important? So the objective here is to understand, my objective for Hajj is to be able, as we've said, the concept said, meeting your Lord on this dunya as an intimate meeting, especially on Arafah, especially as a time of Wukuf, as if we're going to meet him here on Al-Qiyamah, Ya Rabb. As the scholar says, a preparation for departure from this earth to be able to know very well my whole life and the reason for living here is to depart. Is to be able to use all this to be able to make the other side a better world for me. As using all this as the building blocks for the life out there. Not building to have my life here. This is the journey through to that life. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshallah. So we understand that. So we then recognize the fact that you and I, when we go there, the most important, the most important process of everything I do must be the recognition of Allah Ta'ala, who Allah is. And thus Allah says, how important is it to be in excessive amount of adhkar during the three periods of hajj. May Allah grant khair and barakat to all our hujjaj, inshaAllah. We also mentioned the fact that forgiveness is the gift of the day. That ibadah, because nowhere else when you get forgiveness is it being guaranteed. In the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when I greet another Muslim and I smile in that person's face, Allah forgive my sins and his. If I meet up another Muslim and I recite salawat upon the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah forgive us before we depart from one another. If I uh, uh, um, make salah, then before I leave my salah, if I've performed my salah accordingly, then Allah forgive me my sins. If I take wudu, then Allah forgive me my sins. Subhanak la hawla wa laqwa. There is so many ways, so many. When I visit another Muslim person, before I leave the home, the Nabi says, as I leave, we leave with the fact that I'm the visitor. Allah forgive me the fact that I visited those people, the fact and they treated me with respect there, and I leave with all these sins as I leave, these sins leave out of the house. So there's so many ways that Allah forgives us. But all of those forgiveness is a hope and desire that we're forgiven. There's no way in our whole life which is a guarantee this forgiveness. Except for Hajj. And it is 
It is the most expensive commodity. No, nobody can afford that. Nobody has that power. It belongs to Allah and only Allah. And Allah gives it to him if Allah wants to. Except on Hajj, Allah spends it abundantly. There is no limit. It is extensive. It has no specific moment for it. It is from the moment you get onto, in your ihram for Hajj, in the ihram for Hajj and you get onto Arafah, the forgiveness is perpetuating. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam described the forgiveness that gives of, of Hajj. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam describes it and says, Allah says to the Malaika, boasting and bragging them, Who's that? What is this people coming here for? Uh, for what reason have they joined there? For what As if Allah knows not. No. Only to be able to have all the Malaika listen to the response that Allah is going to give to them when they try to respond to Allah. And then they say, Oh Allah, they came from far and wide, coming to you, begging you for your forgiveness, asking you for Allah, Allah to, do, to, to grant them X, Y, and Z. And... And, 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 and they came here to perform the Hajj for, the sake, for, you, for your sake of Allah. Then Allah says to the Malaika, I take all of you as witness. Yeah. I take you as witness. Go back to them. Go to them. Inform them. Inform them, I have forgiven them in totality. They have billions of sins and sickness and faults and errors and weaknesses. And I've forgiven everything. All the big major sins that they've done, no matter how big it is, no matter the total it is, I've forgiven the major ones and the minor ones by the millions and the trillions. I've forgiven everything. I've cleaned their slate. There's not a drop left, not a dot left. Everything is absolutely clean. That's nothing. My forgiveness is so extensive. If they've asked forgiveness on behalf of anybody, Anybody, even if he is the greatest of sinner, I've forgiven that person in totality as well. That is how extensive this forgiveness of Allah. But that is not Hajj. We said that. That is the gift of the day. You can get it nowhere else, and nowhere else is there a guarantee. The guarantee is for the Hujaj. The you and I that hasn't been on Hajj, the guarantee is not for us. Allah will forgive us, but we do not know. Because if you and I, which is not going for Hajj, we hear that Allah has forgiven us for what the Hujaj has made dua for, it now depends on how submissive we are to what Allah's cause. If we recognize that my parents have gone for Hajj and they've been begging forgiveness for Allah on my behalf, all my family, all my friends, all my neighbors, or any other Muslim has been making dua for every other Muslim that there is, who Allah forgive all their sins, and Allah forgive all of our sins. But what happens the next moment depends on how we live our life. May Allah forgive all of us, inshallah, and grant us to be able to appreciate the favors of Islam. And so, but we've said the purpose of Hajj is to strive to obtain Hajj Makbul and Hajj Mabrur. A Hajj that is accepted by Allah. Makbul, accepted. Mabrur, that has strive for ultimate righteousness. I've done my very best to have an intimate relationship with my Lord, and I strive to live on the level of that intimacy between me and Allah. May Allah grant khair and barakah. So people, Hajj means hard work, difficulty, total dif- difficulty to the highest level. If I must describe it to you, let's listen to our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he described it to his wife Aisha radiallahu anha, and he said to her, the jihad 
in the battlefield in front of your enemy when you stand with your ammunition in your hand to be able to meet up with the enemy he might kill you you know you're going to be killed the jihad of a, of a woman and the sick person and the old person is to obtain hajj maqbool and mabrur ya rabb la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah what is the nabi saying what amount of effort commitment dedication and hard work and breaking your bones and going the extra million kilometers and not looking to find reason for any reason to cry and to complain and to say yes but an end na'udhu billah very clear coming to appreciate your lord and allah prefers in the quran as we've said where allah says liyashhadu manafi'alahum i took you there i showed you there I showed you my mercies. I show you the extent of how much rich you are. How much have I given to you? You got no reason to complain. If you complain then and shame upon you. Nauzubillah. Because you need to come to realize how fortunate you are. And can't you see it then? It's only if you are absolutely blind. You are physically blind. not physically physically in the eye but you are psychologically blind you are spiritually blind you have so many wings in front of you that you cannot come to appreciate the great favors of Allah because Allah says if you ought to calculate my favors wherever you find yourselves you will never be able to calculate it but if you go to Makkah i want you to observe my favors i want you to observe the fact that not only do i extend my favors on you continuously excessively excessively but on makkah i multiply that by billions times per second mm-hmm. the amount of favors in makkah is extensive brothers and sisters so it means when you and i realize where we are you and i realize what gift we were given appreciate that gift and go with that heart to be able to get to allah intimacy with allah spend our time with allah so when the adhan go is it time to be able to chat in the in, in the bait tell me uh, uh, would you find time to waste with other hujjaj speaking about hamachi and dolchi and weather in d and i you don't have time for that you the presence of allah every second is valuable every minute is valuable you got to get yourself linked with allah as strong as you probably can there shouldn't be time wasted especially sheikh <laughs> Yeah, I'm so deep in thought now because having been on Hajj, you experience these things, these no, squabbles, and Allah here you're saying to us, there's not time for that. There shouldn't be time for that. Allahu Akbar. The Jameen, sorry, I can just invite you, so they will say, I'm not here to be able to, may Allah open the path, and yeah, as you say, Amen, Amen. It's sad, the Jameen, to, to notice the amount of squabbles, as you say, strange enough. We will see later on how Allah, Allah. mentions these things in the, in the ayat of Allah Ta'ala. Does you mean uh, um I think that that is what we 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 brought up in last week's session we were end of of as having to understand that understanding of striving to obtain hajj maqbool and mabrur and putting everything working hard at your spiritual side at my character my mental capacity my knowledge my insight my understanding and not hoping and wishing allah khat fi khiyam hajj maqbool it doesn't come by a wish and a dream allah says in the quran وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَكُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَمَا لَهُمْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَقٍ There's people who will ask me of the worldly things, I'm going to give them. But let them not forget 
they will receive nothing for the year after. Allah, ya Allah. Nothing, nothing. If you, if your, your, your life surrounds only your world and the greed for this world, and that is where your intentions and your, your, your du'as and your life goes for, then nothing will you obtain from Allah in the Akhirah, says Allah. Allah's words. And Allah carries on. But there is other people who says, Rabbana, O our Lord, atina fi dunya hasana, grant us of the best of this dunya. Wa fil akhirati hasana, and grant us also the best of the year after. Wa qina adabannar, and set us free from the fire of Jahannam. People, many of us is under the impression the best of the dunya is in dunya, so like kudus and like kudus and like alt and things like that. And the akhirah is not all about the best. Or as Muslims, the best of the dunya, the best of the akhirah, doesn't work like that. The ulama says the best of the dunya is there. That which of the dunya, if which Allah knows is best for me, that is best. That which Allah knows is best for me, that is best. And, oh Allah, that which is best for me for my dunya, let that be of the best that can help me for my akhirah, that thereby I can accept it as the best of my dunya. And Allah, don't let it be of those who set me into still into the fire of Jahannam, set me free from the fire of Jahannam. Allah then carries on and Allah qualifies what Allah says. Don't dream that your du'as that you make will grant you the great rewards. No. أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ نَصِيبٌ مِمَّا كَسَبُوا Those people who made those du'as, they will get zero, says Allah. We will give them nothing. Except for نَصِيبٌ مِمَّا كَسَبُوا If they have put in commitment and effort and hard working and striving, then that is the reward that we can give them from that effort and commitment and this life. Ya Allah. Which means it's all about knowing what you want, working for it, and then Allah is going to give it to you. Ya Rabb. Don't expect it to fall in your lap. Muni, Muni, tell me. Muni, say, Aati, Rabbana, Aati, Nafi, Dunya, Hasna, Wa, Fir, Akhirati, Hasna, Adanji, Allah, Mut, Fiyo, Khi, Khuta, Say, Allah says, Ikhat, Fiyo, Naks, Khini. Tamaf, sorry. أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ نَصِيبٌ مِمَّا كَسَبُوا If they say what they say with their tongues, and that saying is not in their brains understand, in, in their hearts and they feel, and committed in their lifestyle, then they cannot expect anything, says Allah. نَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مَخَلَّفُ الْبَفَارِ Amen. Amen to that, Sheikh. Well, my guest here, Sheikh Ibrahim Abram, Sheikh will continue after this. The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Well, we continue with our journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abram. Sheikh, once more over to you, sir. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعد تجميل الحمد لله we've managed to be able to look at the concept of Hajj we now gonna hope to be able to take the rest of our program onto the process of ending off this aspect which called the Hajj the, uh, the Hajj in relationship to the other Arkan we try to end off this inshallah and thereby thereafter inshallah go to other aspects of Hajj which we will be also meaningful and uh, if I probably can say that, Jamil, um, we're looking at the Arkan of Islam. Now, like we said, it is a, a, a pillar amongst the pillars of Islam. So let's look at all of them together. Let's, let's get a, a big picture. 
the first pillar is the kalimatu shahada the shahadatan and the concept there is as if you have a key in your hand which is got two two sides that is cut to different cuttings the second one is called the salah which all to do with a relationship between you and Allah ta'ala me and Allah ta'ala zakah has to do with my relationship between me and the rest of humanity my emotion for humanity for feeling my commitment for others and then we've gone over to some which we did two weeks ago in regulation how do we regulate our life how do we see the fact that we need to be able to do stock taking of ourselves and an evaluation of who I am to be able to become a better human being on better means to be for myself as means meet others is to meet my maker meet my hours meet my kindness meet my family and then the last one the recognition of my total life ends with the fact that I need to meet up with my Lord now people that is the five things that we see in there and probably if I can I would like to be able to mention a few things to you the first I would like to tell you that if we look at the very life of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we saw it started off right at the beginning with having to bring an establishment to mankind. You need to break down all the idols that's in your life and come to be able to worship one ilah only. That is the very first message that Islam brought to humanity. All your idols, whether it is your finances that you live with, whether it's your car that you have, whether it's your fashion clothing that you live by, and whether it's your greed that they have in this world, or whether it's your, your friends and your parents and your chummies and your, your, your so-called circles, social circles, there are various forms of idols that we hold to, that we almost believe in and we trust in them. Allah says, break them down. That's the reason why the Nabi was sent with this deen. To break them all them down and to be able to create a relationship between ourselves and Allah. And the second most important fact in our life is that we need to take our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the only role model for you and me to become a successful human being for this dunya and for our akhirah. He's the only role model or the role model. And everybody else that needs to be a role model, if they do not follow him, they cannot be a role model. They can only be the role models of shaitan otherwise. Na'udhu billah. If they follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they are worthy to be a role model to you and to me. But otherwise, they are the role models of shaitan and the satanism and the bad of this dunya and the akhirah. Na'udhu billah. So you and I as Muslims, if we want to be Muslims, we need to worship only Allah and Allah alone can be worshipped. For nobody else and nothing else deserves to be worshipped. He alone deserves that. You and I need to develop to come to give them that haq. And secondly, we need to accept nobody else but Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as our role model in whatever we do. So we have two questions that was given to us at the beginning of Islam. What does Allah say on that matter? Is a question that you and I as a Muslim need to live by every day. Whatever you do, whether it's your, your hairstyle, whether it's the way you work, what does Allah to say about it? Or the way you dress, or the way you interact with your friends. What does Allah say about this? And if you know what Allah says, then strive to admit to that. The next thing you need to ask, and how did my role model interact this? How did my role model personify this action? That rule of Allah, how did he bring it into life as a human to show what human beings can do? How did he do that? 
as we would say in our language, how did the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam implement this? That's the second question that every Muslim, by necessity, no matter whether you belong to what status, what caliber, what degree, what wealth, what position you have, that is compulsory. Otherwise, it's a question about the fact that you are a Muslim or not. Na'udhu billah, may Allah protect. The other factor is immediately after that, we need to know that there need to be a relationship between us and Allah Ta'ala. And that relationship Allah has made compulsory on us because Allah knows what, me- what needs we have with Him. What needs you and I have, our needs, not our wants, and not the wants of Allah, and not the needs of our Lord. Our, lead, our Lord needs nothing. He, his concern, greatest concern is because of our needs. You and I are in dire need, dire need in streets of need of what we are. And that's why he's made it fart upon us. For if he has offered us to be able to choose what is necessity, we would not have come there ever. Subhanak. The third one, then he placed it on us to be able to know as Muslim, we need to be able to have a heart of compassion, a heart of caring. Loving, consideration for others. Remember the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? La yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibba li akhihi ma yuhibbu li nafsi. Ma yuhibbu li nafsi. That you cannot reach perfection in belief unless and until you love for the rest of humanity, the rest of the Muslim ummah, what you love for yourself. If you love your car, you need to love that for everybody else. If you love your house, then you need to be able to share that with everybody else. If you love wealth, you need to share that with everybody else. So whatever you love, your iman, level of iman depends. If you love something, especially what happens, when God says, quite clear, right? Because it's like that. Now, when I hear it, it's different from other means. When somebody comes to you and they love something, that you should, you, your love for that should be that you give it to somebody else or prefer it for that. That is when our iman rises to high levels. May Allah open to the path for all of us, right? That's the third level. The fourth one is that ability that Islam wants us to come to recognize. Allah wants to see us recognizing we are human. We err every time. We get the opportunity to return to Him. And we need to be able to take, talk, take, to take stock of ourselves. Look at all our faults and our weaknesses and our shortcomings. Identify it as ours. Blame nobody else for it but ourselves. And striving to bring a change to that. And work with our strengths to be able to become stronger. And changing those weaknesses to things, inshallah. Which is so fast in the month of Ramadan. And the last, the recognition of the fact that my whole life has got only one objective. And that is, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. That we were created by Allah. He's made us. We live in the whatever pattern He's created for, for us. Our life fully has got just one direction that it takes us to. There's only one uh, 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 di- uh, destination. And that is back to Allah Ta'ala. And that is what Hajj is all about, right? So people, we see that. Most probably I'd like to show you that from the side of, as I said, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa this will happen with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa right at the beginning. The first 13 years in Islam was teaching mankind only those things. Only those things that there is no other ilah as Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. A confirmation of that right through, recognizing what goes with that. Then goes the process of the fact that Allah made salah fart in the second year of the hijrah, made zakah fart the second year of the hijrah, made fasting fart in the second year of the hijrah, 
and made uh, Hajj Fard. The differences of the, of the scholars, the sixth year of the Hijrah or the tenth year of the Hijrah, as mm-hmm. it is the difference, as you say. And most of the scholars says it's in the tenth year and not the sixth year, right? That, that is from that aspect. I would also want to show you the very fact of these arkan to be able to have the big picture, people, so that we can see the big picture. And that is the arkan of Islam as a whole, as we said, as in a book, all the parts of the puzzle together makes up when we go, we get onto a ladder. As you earlier Um the Jamil, I'd like to ask the question. As a means, leer opklom te Jamil. Kan jy jou voetsoet op die tweede stepie? As jy nog nie gestaan op die eerste stepie? <laughs> ek denk as, as onmoedlik sê. Jy gaat val, jy gaat baie seker. Nee, nie, jy gaat nie, maar as jy gaat val, jy gaat veel baie, baie beseer. Jy gaat die baie slim punt soon, wie sê om die te wil doen. Ek meen nie baie, baie slim nie. Na oude bila, mag Allah vir ons bewaar. Similarly, Islam speaks about first and foremost the, the consolidation of this kalimat of shahada, then salah, then fasting, then zakah, then fasting, and then hajj. I think we all know the common hadith that is known to be the hadith of Jibreel, where Jibreel came to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and said to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the form of a human, well dressed, everybody looked at him and his hair was well combed. And they amazed at him and said, we don't know this person. He came to sit in front of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa placed his knees against the knees of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa put his hands onto the thighs of the Nabi, and his face was right into the face of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa And he said to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, akhbirni anil Islam, inform me about the steen of Islam. Yeah. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, Al-Islam an tashhada in la ilaha illallah, wa anna muhammad al-rasulullah, wa iqami salah, wa ita'i zakah, wa sawmi ramadan, wa hajji al-bayti man istata'a ilayhi sabila. Those five pillars was laid down there. Ya Rabbi, la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. There's so many ahadith of similar nature. The scholars say that that one is the final one for humanity. The Nabi said at the end of that one, that was Jibreel who came to teach you your deen. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. There's another hadith. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, just remember after the hajj of the Nabi on the 10th year of the hijrah, uh, 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 the Nabi is 63 years of age, or at 62, getting to 63. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam speaks to, to, to uh, uh, sends the sahabi, Mu'adh ibn Jawal to Yemen. And Nabi sends him as a messenger of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, having to invite those people to Islam. He needs to go to Yemen. And Nabi says to him, when you go there, please inform those people of who Allah is. Establish that. And then when that establishment is in place, or with that, you tell them Allah has sent a messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to be able to guide us how to be able to come to know our Lord and how to submit to him. And when that is an establishment in them, inform them of the salah that need to make. And then teach them about that salah. And when that salah becomes an establishment in them, they've now developed in that, then tell them Allah has ordered them to be able to, to have that sense of compassion, to give the, the, those who can, to give to those who cannot. When that is an establishment in them, tell them that Allah Ta'ala has commanded them to be able to uh, fast in the month of Ramadan. Yeah. So we see the step ladder approach comes very clear here. It everything like that. Right? Tajamil is another hadith, which the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam did. 
and 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 this hadith is is, is what I feel I need need to, to share this with the people because the Jamin this this hadith was striking to me when I heard it the first time. A Bedouin come to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he says to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "O Messenger of Allah, inform me about Islam." Now the Jamil the norms of the Bedouin, they are a people who don't have a lot. They don't have knowledge that we have. They don't have schooling the way we have. The life has taught them anything. They're constantly on the travel. And they're constantly on travel. So here, this Bedouin comes to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, gets to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and uh, and the Sahaba used to say, when the Bedouin come, we enjoy the presence of the Bedouins, because. Sometimes we are too shy to ask a question to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam because we also in some sub submission we we don't know how to be, or are we going to say something that's going to offend the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam? We wouldn't want to do that. So, but the Bedouin, the innocence, they would just ask it as it is. So we would listen to them. We love listening to them because the Nabi is going to respond, and that response we're going to take too. We listen to that. So the Bedouin comes and he says, "Oh, Messenger of Allah, oh, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam." Inform me about this Islam, this deen of Islam that you speak about. I heard people say that you the deen of Islam. What is this all about? He wants to know, how do we understand what this is all about? Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the best of psychologists, uses psychology with him. Now, <laughs> I'm speaking here to all the, the great psychologists out there, the, the professionals of psychologists, I'm speaking to you first. When you say, listen to the great psychologists. Listen to the way he deals with us. Ya Rab, I'm, I, I know it's not psychologists who's listening to me out there, gentlemen. No, 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 no. <laughs> they are those who think they are. <laughs> Even if they, they are. They've got to listen. Even if they are. <laughs> what I'm saying is, let's listen to how the Nabi answers this question. The Nabi says to this person, a Bedouin, do you know what's a tent? The Jamil and Maida Adika, what say Jay know? Je praat maar soort een bedouin, hoe kan je vragen, wie heeft een tent? Dit is een die groot profen, die vraag, my ken ek van een tent. Dit is moest, dit is moest waar mys lieve. But look at the beauty. He draws that great question, that great issue. He brings it to the person, in that which the person can relate to. He says to him, do you know what's a tent? Subhanak. What the bedouin says? Yes, obviously. The life of a tent is what I am. I stay in a tent, and if I move from one side to the other side, I take my tent, I pack it up, and we move to the other side, and there where I come, there I set up my tent. Right? So the life of a tent, that thing, a tent, yes, I know a tent. Subhanak. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Thus is Islam. Like that? Like that's what you say is, you ask me what is Islam, the pillars, and what it's made for? Like that is Islam. Subhanak. Mm-hmm. And Nabi brought to his attention In your tent you have four pillars To the sides And a center pillar that keeps up the whole sail Subhanak So it's a major sail With four pillars to the sides And one center pillar That gives you your ability to be able to stay And to sleep and to pack And to do whatever you want to in there Is it not? He said yes Nabi says Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to him if one side falls away, what happens? He says, if one of the pillars falls in, then the side of the tent gives in. Very skewed tent. Yeah, then it obviously it's going to affect the tent. Mm-hmm. Right? The tent is not going to stand up straight. And then it was asked to him, what if the center pillar falls out? He says, then the whole tent gives in. The top comes down. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was such beauty, such deep. 
deep, deep inside. Psychology to his best to me. Allahu Akbar. Then let me say to this person indirectly, if the first pillar, the most important of them is weak, then everything else wastes off your time. You've wasted all your time, all your effort. But there's still hope if one of them falls on the side and you then strive to be able to work and you can still keep your tent up. May Allah grant insight to all of us. So Jamil, I think Ameen. it's to me this was this was meaningful. Mm. And as I said, I felt for tonight that we need to be able to give our people that holistic vision of understanding what Islam is. So the arkan of Islam is a fart, such as salah is a fart, such as zakah is a fart, such as sawm in the fasting of the month of Ramadan is a fart, and so hajj is a fart. Nobody is exempted. If you are Muslim, if you want to be Muslim, if you claim you are Muslim, it's fart upon you. You need to see that you work to whatever level there is, comparative to what Allah has given you, to the best of our abilities. May Allah open the path to give us our shortcomings and grant us the best for our dunya and the best for our Just Just before we leave, Sheikh, here's an SMS. I don't know if it's going to take a very lengthy answer, uh, maybe, uh, but it simply says, Salam Buddha Jamil Shukran and Sheikh Shukran for a wonderful program. From what age can a young boy be a Mahram Shukran? I don't know that that, that, that yeah, no, it's, it's probably a relevant question in the sense mm. of the person's age. Does that mean we'll be coming to things of that? But I will want to answer Inshallah, the person I'll, for now. I, oh, okay. I, I, I would want to answer the person because sometimes the people feel that exactly question. It's a very light answer, you know what I mean? When the, stu- the, the person becomes mukallaf, he is capable of being a, of a mahram. When the boy is mukallaf, now mukallaf can start with a boy at the age of 13. But if he's not, as I say, as, as, as mm-hmm. uh, then he has to wait for the Euro-Dom for 15 years. Then he will be Mokallaf, right? That's in a nutshell. Yeah, that's in a nutshell, Jeremy. Not, not going into de- too much detail. Okay. Sheikh, once more, shukran for your time with Let us. Af- May Allah guide you home safely to your loved ones. Shukran, Jazakallah. Look forward to our next chat again. And I say to you, Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran, Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Well, that's Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Sheikh will be back next week again, inshallah, with another edition of the Journey to Hajj.